What's going on, guys? We got another episode of Four Quarters. We are brought to you by Cesspool Network, a podcast conglomerate <laughs> of other shows about TV, music, style. Of course, this sports podcast, basketball related. We also got a show about pros and cons of things. Keep it locked. It's Four Quarters Podcast. So this is my favorite time of the NBA season. One of my most favorite times, I would say. It's stressful. It's agonizing. It's a lot. It is the NBA playoffs. We now understand who is facing who. We know what situations to look for. We know what matchups are going to happen. For me, I like to look at the the bracket and see, just sit down and figure out the schedule. There's going to be a lot of games coming on from now until June, until the finals. So if you got a favorite team, you got to keep it locked in on that team and you know just see who they're facing. Golden State would play the Los Angeles Clippers, who only have 10 less wins than Golden State, which is ridiculous to me. They've kind of snuck into the playoffs a little bit. I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. I think Golden State is going to sweep them, but I think they're going to be some close games just because the Clippers kind of have nothing to lose. You know, they're going to bring their all. They're going to play with tenacity. They're going to be very pugnacious. They're going to play like they don't care about life. You know what I mean? Like they're just going to play like Steph Curry is Steph Curry. They're probably going to try to guard him as best they can, but we'll see. So you have Denver, San Antonio. I'm not, San Antonio is a team I really haven't been too concerned about just because I don't think they have anybody over there. They're always going to make the playoffs with Popovich at the helm. So this doesn't surprise me. Denver has been playing out of my, out of, out of their mind basketball. So I think that's going to be, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a sweep. I think San Antonio comes away with a game or two just because of how well Popovich is able to coach a basketball team. But I definitely expect Denver to kind of come out of this and and just do their best. Next up, you have Houston against OKC. I think this is going to be a high-scoring event. You're going to see OKC trying to guard Harden similar to how Milwaukee has guarded Harden in the past, which is they play him, they force him to his right. And that seems to work. That seems to make him very uncomfortable. Um, As we know, Harden is a left-handed player. So if you do that, you're going to force him into a lot of situations he doesn't want to be in. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, who guards Harden. So I'm looking forward to that. Then you got Portland versus Utah. This is going to be a series I think people are sleeping on a little bit. Portland has been playing amazing basketball. They're four seed. Utah is right there only two games ahead of Portland with 50 wins. These are two of my sleeper teams because I think either one of these teams can make it to the Western Conference Finals or just very close to that. I feel like they can hurt anybody. I feel like these are two teams that any given night, they can just explode. So this is my matchup to look for. I'm going to be paying very close attention to this matchup. So in the East, you got Milwaukee and Detroit. That's probably going to be a sweep every night. Um, (laughs) Milwaukee is a juggernaut this season. Detroit, not really so much. They've only got 40 wins. They barely made it in. So I just look to Giannis to just dunk on everybody. 
then you got Toronto and Orlando. I feel like that's another situation where it's going to be pretty much a blowout uh, sweep victory. You're going to see Kawhi kind of just take over. You're going to see Kyle Lowry play pretty good basketball. Orlando, I don't expect anything from them. I feel like they're just going to lay down and take it. <laughs> so uh, next up, this is this is a huge, huge matchup for me. Philly and Brooklyn. I've been paying so much close attention to Brooklyn and Philly throughout this NBA season. And Brooklyn, I feel like, is a team that can, if you're if you're coming in with your head all the way up your ass and <laughs> you're just kind of, you know, oh, we can just beat whoever, this is a team that's going to upset you just because D'Lo is playing amazing basketball, especially at home, living his best life right now. Philly, on the other hand, they have a, a team, a squad chock full of amazing talent. This is going to be my matchup to watch. Then lastly, you have Boston and Indiana. Indiana's been playing pretty good basketball, despite not having their star player in Victor Oladipo, who's out in an injury. Boston has kind of sort of found, I guess, their identity this season a little bit. I mean, they should be better than 49 wins and 33 losses. That's pretty uh, upsetting if you have a Kyrie, a Gordon Hayward, and you have a bench uh, like Boston has, you should definitely be a 50-plus win team. I think this is going to be very close. I think Boston, I say Boston in six. I think this is going to be very, very close. These teams are pretty evenly matched, which is crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> you're going to see some pretty close basketball out of these teams. So there's no huge surprise here. Magic Johnson stepped down from his position Tuesday. He's gone. That's, this doesn't really surprise me too much. Um, he There was reports that he hadn't been in contact with the team for a long time. The team looked horrible, abysmal. This is one of the worst Lakers seasons I've seen. How do you play like this? You have a LeBron James on your team. I mean, he's been he's been hurt. He hasn't been playing like himself, which is crazy because he has also been putting up amazing numbers. I think a huge part of this horrible Lakers situation was Magic Johnson. In the beginning, when he took the reins of the team, he promised to bring the Lakers back. You know, a lot of fans felt like, okay, we got Magic. We can do anything now. You know, we got LeBron James. We've got two two amazing people who who know and love basketball, we're going to fix this situation. Nah. Magic Johnson seemed disinterested at times. He seemed like he was aggravated. He seemed like he just didn't want to be there. And he said as much. It wasn't fun for him. Big shocker because your team was doing horrible. (laughs) Right? You're not having fun when you're piling up L's and you have arguably the greatest player of all time on your team. Who's going to replace Magic Johnson? Who will replace one of the greatest Lakers of all time. How do you come into this this position already, you know, trying to take over, trying to bring the Lakers back? You have, this is a hot seat right now. If Magic couldn't do it, who, who could do it, right? There's been a lot of names floating around and people want to say that you want to bring in Jerry West, arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Right now he's at the helm of the Clippers and he's kind of brought the Clippers into the playoffs. Amazing feat. I think he'd be great for the job. Besides the Clippers, he was with the Warriors, 
during their their uh, amazing run a few years ago, he would fit right in. I think he'd come in, he'd make smart decisions. He would handle the pressure pretty well. I, I think he would be uh, way better than the Magic Johnson was. You have Kobe Bryant, okay? Uh, an ex-player, maybe... You know, he. I don't think he'd follow in Magic's footsteps. I think Kobe is removed from the glitz and glam of L.A. He never was excited about that stuff. He just wanted to come in and play basketball. I think that attitude comes in automatically and translates to wins. He understands what LeBron needs already just because Kobe is an analytic mind and he's basketball first. I don't think he's going to let any of the drama get to him. I think he just would come in and just get the job done. My last pick would probably be Phil Jackson. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Actually, no. That Phil Jackson would be the worst. Um, I'm already pretty biased because he dismantled the Knicks um, when he was at the helm a few years back. They still haven't recovered from that. I Don't go with Phil Jackson. (laughs) That would be shooting yourself in the foot. I think you need a guy like David Griffin who could come in to automatically turn the ship around. He's had experience with LeBron James. He knows how LeBron operates. He had success in Cleveland, albeit they didn't uh, renew his contract in 2017. Basically, over a salary dispute, he probably deserved way more money than what they were offering. But it's just going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do going forward. This is really going to dictate if... LeBron stays or if he goes, management is a huge, huge part of NBA organization. And if the Lakers don't get it right, LeBron will not win another championship and he will retire with just the three rings that he has. Speaking of retirement, we got two guys who were absolute ballers to the purest form of basketball you can ever imagine. Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki have officially announced their retirement this week. Super sad. Me personally, I grew up watching Dwayne Wade. He was, I watched a little bit of of him when he was in Marquette. When he came to Miami, he was just a stud. He reminded me of Kobe. He reminded me of just a guy. He reminded me a little bit of Jordan too, just because he had those moves You know, that little mid-range jumper he developed, he kind of would shake you in the lane a little bit. He was aggressive going to the basket. He was able to win a championship with Shaq. Like, that still blows my mind. Really nuts. So Wade has been on this retirement, you know, kind of campaign or whatever you want to call it. You know, collecting jerseys from each team. Shout out to Dwayne Wade. We're going to miss you. He was the epitome of just an all-star, a superstar. Dirk Nowitzki was one of the, is one of the most amazing shooters I've ever seen in my lifetime. I remember when he beat LeBron, like (laughs) him and and, uh, the Mavericks beat LeBron uh, when LeBron was in Miami. That was amazing. Dirk was balling out of control. To just see a big man shoot the basketball like that was just amazing. You know, it's just amazing. It's hard to just to summarize these guys, you know, Dirk and and Wade, their careers. They're both Hall of Famers easily. I mean, Dirk just, he played 21 years with the Mavericks. He never left the team. Wade, you know, unfortunately, he went to the Cavs that that lowly season. Um, (laughs) But he returned to Miami. 
you know, and I, I, I think when you have guys that are sticking with their teams and, and grinding it out like that, it's amazing. So cap off to Dirk. My cap is off to, to Wade. We're going to miss you guys. Thank you for amazing, amazing seasons and years with your teams. So real quick, you know, speaking of MVPs, I wanted to give a shout out to Kyle Korver of the Utah Jazz. He penned an essay about white privilege in the NBA. Now, his essay basically discusses his privilege as a white player in the NBA, which is a topic that I never really thought of just because the NBA is very black dominated. You would assume that players like black players would get the best treatment just because they are the superstars in this league. But in his essay, Corver just talks about, you know, the things that he's seen. And he talks in his essay about the responsibility of how much it is a privilege to take part in the efforts to create an equitable society. He says that the fact that inequality is built so deeply into so many of our most trusted institutions is wrong. And I believe it's the responsibility of anyone on the, on the privileged end of those inequalities to help make things right. Now, his Player Tribune's piece, to me, it takes great understanding of yourself, great understanding of your situation to pen a letter like this. He, he might upset some of the, the white owners. You have a, a white guy kind of coming out and talking about racism, and um, especially in this league, this black-dominated league. Well, we've already seen hints of it. We've seen a former L.A. Clippers owner basically outright be racist uh, years ago on tape. So these things do exist, and I just want to give a shout out to Kyle Korver. I thought I thought the I thought the essay was amazing. He talks about the WNBA as well. But yeah, shout out to Kyle Korver. You get the MVP nod for this week. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Four Quarters Podcast. You can find us via Cesspool Network. Keep it locked. It's Four Quarters.